Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings us just one familiar page of Talmud each day. And on today's page, Bava Kama 111, which begins the 10th perik, the 10th chapter of this great and difficult and fascinating tractate, we begin with kind of a big question. What happens to a person called Haguzel Umachil, a person who steals something in order to feed it to his children? And the daf kind of focuses in large part on the responsibilities of the children. In other words, what do we do is the question. When we inherit a very complicated family tradition, something that we had nothing to do with it, we did not initiate the original theft, we did not commit any of these crimes, but we received the heritage of sort. What kind of achrayut or responsibility do we bear for the actions of our parents and grandparents? And this is a subject that our guest today, one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite people, has explored at length. Wayne Hoffman, Managing Editor Tablet Magazine, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Before I burden you with big questions, tell us in brief about your most recent book, which is kind of about this. My most recent book is called The End of Her, Racing Against Alzheimer's to Solve a Murder. And it's about me trying to solve the unsolved murder of my great-grandmother more than a century ago while my mother is declining from Alzheimer's disease over the course of several years. I won't spoil anything, but in three sentences, describe the very strange murder. The very strange murder that my mother told me about when I was a kid is that my great-grandmother was breastfeeding her child outside on the front porch in winter in Winnipeg. As one does. Of course, right. all of those things, mm-hmm. as one does. Mm-hmm. When a drive-by sniper, this is more than 100 years ago, a drive-by sniper went racing down the road and shot her dead on her front porch, leaving the baby at her breast unharmed. That's the story I inherited from my mother. And part of your book is solving this mystery and part of your book is also figuring out you know the family dynamics and relationship which leads me back to this question as someone who's thought about this a lot it's a question that i'm sure we all think about because you know some of us some more than others inherit very complicated family drama uh very complicated epigenetic trauma shall i say and we ask ourselves all the time what is our responsibility to the story what do we actually owe to these very bad decisions made so long ago by people who were tangentially related to us but we didn't really know or or get to to interact with so uh illuminate this point for us i think you have multiple imperatives going on simultaneously on the one hand like with this story for me as a journalist i thought my duty was to discover the truth and that was one of my jobs. And I set out to find out what really happened to my great-grandmother because I thought this story I'd heard was probably not true. And in fact, it was not true. On the other hand, part of the responsibility also is to figure out what the value of the story is, why my mother passed this story down, and why my mother passed down storytelling in general as an art, and how this anecdote, inaccurate though it may have been, was valuable. That took a lot longer for me to uncover what what the use was of having such a story. Um, and even if I don't know why exactly it, it came about in the first place and who originally dreamed <laughs> up this story, I realized part of the important thing that my mother had taught me indirectly or implicitly was the value of being a storyteller. And sometimes to tell a really great story, you have to sacrifice the truth a little bit. 
which is in a weird way kind of like saying, well, it's also the lesson of being a Jew, right? Because in so many cases, our survival depends on our ability to tell great stories that are, you know, much better than the very grim reality that we're facing. Yes, and you need a story to be memorable. And believe me, this story was memorable for a century. And hopefully, it will continue to be memorable long after I'm gone. And it's a fascinating point that you're making that our responsibility really, and, and the rabbis in today's page come to a you know surprisingly similar conclusion, that our responsibility isn't necessarily kind of legalistic to the specific details because after all, we committed no real crime here. But our responsibility is exactly to this notion of maintaining ourselves or keeping ourselves within the boundaries of a moral and just system that cares about these issues and wants to prolong the thinking about them, meaning we still want to stay in the fold of the discussion, which is sort of what you're saying. Yeah, staying in the fold of the discussion is the important part, is not to necessarily search for the one way out or the one true story, but to figure out what the multiple stories are and try to hold them all simultaneously. That's the challenge. And so give us one therapeutic piece of advice for all those of us who are carrying big burdens of big, complicated, dramatic family stories and wonder, why do I have to do with any of this? Find the humor. There's humor in every story, no matter how tragic. There is humor in the story of my great-grandmother being allegedly shot by a drive-by sniper. It's a ridiculous story. I laugh every time I tell it, not because of the horror of it, but because of the absurdity of it. Also, a drive-by sniper, the year would have been... 1913. What is the maximum speed that the car in 1913 could have reached? On an unpaved road, there were probably fewer than 100 Model Ts in the city of Winnipeg. Seven miles per hour. Maybe. (laughs) Carrying a musket, shooting at nursing mothers, none of it makes sense. Find the humor. The humor makes the story come alive, and the humor makes the story last. Wayne Hoffman, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Talmudic.